Wise Up Podcast. This is your host, Azra Sidi. As a reminder, Wise Up is my platform to educate the South Asian and Muslim communities about Texas and national politics. You can check out my Wise Up Facebook page, follow me on Twitter, my handle is Wise Up, W-I-S-E-U-P. Find my podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, along with my weekly segment on Radio Azad every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Become educated, get wiser, start giving a hoot. So today's segment is called, If You're Not at the Table, You're on the Menu. I'll be discussing the latest political news affecting our great state of Texas and the nation, and we have another interview today with Tariq Dofik. Tariq Dofik is a communications director for the Texas Democratic Party. He is a first-generation Sri Lankan American and has been active in the Democratic Party political scene in Texas for a number of years. But first, let's start with the political news of the week. This past week, Donald Trump had a five-state sweep within the Republican primary. He has accumulated 77% of the delegates. So the states that he won are Pennsylvania, Maryland, Connecticut, Delaware, and Rhode Island. Today is the Indiana primary, which has a pretty big delegate number. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. But it almost seems like he's sealed the deal for the Republican nomination. With regards to the Democratic primary, Hillary Clinton last week won four of the five states, which were Pennsylvania, Maryland, Connecticut, and Delaware. She's 88% of the delegates. She's gotten to 88% of the delegates that she needs. Bernie Sanders won Rhode Island. Um, it seems like he is going to continue uh, in the race up until California, which is one of the last states that primaries, but he has laid off staffers. People feel that he is trying to get his ideals and platform incorporated in the main Democratic Party platform for this upcoming election. And moving on, we have the U.S. House Speaker, Paul Ryan, that has invited the India Prime Minister Modi to address a joint session of Congress this summer. John Boehner called Ted Cruz Lucifer in the flesh and caused a lot of controversy within the Republican Party. If you remember, John Boehner was the former Speaker of the House and was basically pushed out by the Tea Party members within the Republican Party. Ted Cruz has also named Carly Fiorina as his vice president pick, and many feel that this is a Hail Mary, that this isn't really going to help him beat Trump. Uh, Speaking of trying to stop Trump, we had Ted Cruz and John Kasich combining their efforts to stop Donald Trump. And so Kasich pulled out of Indiana in campaigning so that hopefully Cruz could win win that state, which the primary is tonight, so we'll find out the results. And Kasich, in the meanwhile, is campaigning in other Western states, hoping to try and break uh, Trump's lead so that they can hopefully go into a contested convention and that Donald Trump wouldn't actually win the Republican nomination. So we still have time to see if any of that's really going to pan out. Let's move on to Texas news. The Texas Rangers will join a criminal probe of State Representative Dewana Dukes, who is the Democratic representative from the city of Austin. Apparently, There are allegations that she has made her staff work in certain conditions that aren't necessarily ethical, so that's something to look out for. Uh, There has been some news as of late 
coming out of uh, the state of North Carolina and Target about LGBT and transgender bathrooms. Uh, North Carolina just recently passed a very stringent bill um, not allowing those that have become transgendered to use the bathroom to the gender that they've changed to and that they should only use the bathroom with the gender that they were born with. Uh, Target basically said that they were not going to allow that in any of their stores and that they're going to allow bathrooms that accommodate transgendered people. Our Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has said that Texas could be one of the next states with um, a bathroom bill regarding transgendered people and that this could become the next battleground um, for the bathroom wars is what a lot of the news media are calling it. So we'll see how that plans out next session. Texas A&M has finalized campus carry rules. They will allow concealed guns in most dorms, classrooms, and offices. And last but not least, local elections are coming up in Austin, parts of Dallas, and in Houston, and that's May 7th. And I know we've been so focused on the presidential race and trying to figure out who we're going to vote for in November, but this is your local races. This is what's going to impact you the most. This is what's going to impact you day to day. Do you feel at times that you don't like uh, the way the education is in your child's school system or the way the city is running certain things? This is a time to get your voice heard. May 7th is the election that's going to decide for a lot of cities, especially in Dallas and Houston, who your city council members are, who is in charge of your school board, therefore in turn in charge of your child's education. So I highly recommend for you to get out in there and vote. Early voting has started since last week and is going on um, for the next couple of days. But May 7th, which is this Saturday, is the big election day. So I highly encourage all my listeners out there to please, please go vote. These are your local elections. This is what's really going to impact you the most in your day-to-day -day lives. But first, a little bit of information. Uh, the city of Austin does not have any election regarding city council or the school board, but they have a proposition. It's called Proposition 1, and it's in regards to Lyft and Uber. So if you are currently, if you intend to vote for Proposition 1, which is what Lyft and Uber are um, huge proponents for, it is to repeal the current city requirements for fingerprinting background checks, which is what Austin is requiring for Uber and Lyft drivers if they want to have ride-sharing in the city. And Lyft and Uber do not want to require fingerprinting background checks. They feel that it's unnecessary and that's an additional cost. Um, if you vote against Proposition 1, it's to have more stringent background checks on your Uber drivers, and it's more in line with what the city of Austin would like. The city of Houston actually is also requiring fingerprinting background checks, and Uber and Lyft said okay to that. But now, because of this election that's coming up May 7th, Uber and Lyft have told Austin that if they don't win the election with regards to people voting for Proposition 1, they're going to pull out of the city of Austin, and they have now threatened to do the same in the city of Houston. If you live in Austin, this has caused a major controversy because you have those that feel that Uber and Lyft are coming in and using their money. They've spent over $2 million in Austin campaigning 
to ask those for to vote for Proposition 1. Many feel that they've put in misleading campaign statements, that they've put in way too much money, that they feel that the company is just coming in and saying, hey, we're a big company, we can come in and kind of order city officials around. You have the opposing side stating that they feel that ride sharing is an important thing. It really decreases the DUIs that have been occurring, especially with Austin being such a huge college town. So it's been kind of going back and forth, and it'll be interesting to see how that election comes out in, on May 7th. Moving on to the city of Houston, you have a representative election, uh, Texas House representative election to replace uh, Mayor Sylvester Turner's seat. As you know, he was a representative, a state representative for the city of Houston. He has now become the mayor of Houston. Now his seat is open. So if you're living in the main city boundaries of Houston, you should go in and um, vote. You have to make sure you are within that district as well, so you should double check on that. If you are living in the Sugarland area or Fort Bend County area, you have some pretty big elections coming up. You guys have city council, you have a school board, and for the city of Sugarland, you have a mayoral race coming up. What is exciting about the Sugarland election that's coming up is that we do have two South Asians running for office. One is for mayor, and his name is Sarwar Khan, and the other one is for a city council position. It is position one, and Himesh Gandhi is running there. Again, you should read up on all the candidates in your town to make sure you understand their platforms and that they're in line with your values. But I wanted to add that it's very exciting that we have some South Asians running for political office coming up in May in Sugarland. And now let's move on to the big D, Dallas. So within Dallas, a lot of the suburbs are having city council elections. Some of the big ones that affect the South Asian community are City of Irving, Allen, Frisco, Farmers Branch, and Mesquite. With regard to the school board, you have Allen, Arlington, Capel, Dallas, Frisco, Garland, Irving, and Richardson. I also wanted to talk about the South Asians that are also running in the Dallas elections, which is very exciting. Within the city council for the city of Irving, we have Mondal. Shamima for District 2. In Allen, we have Munia Ahmed for Place 6 in the city of Allen. In Frisco, we have Lakshmi Tomala, Place 6. In Mesquite, we have Akram Mutawi, Place 4. In Kapel ISD, we have Dr. Pankaj Jain, Place 3. In Frisco ISD, we have Anjali Shirvaikar, Place 2. We have also heard that the Irving City Council seems to be a pretty big controversy because there are several South Asians there. There are also several Muslims there. And after the incident with Ahmed and the clock, um, a lot of people feel that the South Asian and Muslim communities need to become more involved, especially with the way that the city council and mayor reacted. So we have heard um, some recommendations for the Irving City Council, which is Alan Meager, John Danish, and Kyle Taylor, and that they are um, wanting to work with the South Asian and Muslim communities. Again, you should also do your research to figure out which candidates are the best for you and your values. And I will be posting today on my website, and you can check it out on WiseUp, which is on Facebook, or WiseUpTX.com. 
and in that blog post you will be able to see the links um, for each city so for Austin it'll show the city that breaks down the propositions if you're from Houston it'll show the links of everyone who is running for each political office whether you're in Houston Texas or in the uh, Fort Bend County area and you can look through the candidates and their websites and see what you like the Dallas Morning News has compiled a great voters guide for each um, elected official position and you can compare two candidates at a time so I think that would be very useful to read up on before you walk in and you know fill out your ballot on May 7th which I really really hope that you do since it is local elections and it is what's going to affect you the most. Well that's the news for today. Let's get started and listen to the political interview I have today with Dark Tofik. Joining us today is Tarek Tofik. Tarek Tofik has been involved in communication strategy and creative design for the past four years. He currently serves as communications director for the Texas Democratic Party, TDP, where he promotes democratic values and principles, provides tools and resources to members of the TDP. Tarek graduated from Baylor University and worked in the nonprofit community for a few years before moving to Austin, Texas to pursue an interest in political campaigns. Thank you for joining us today. Pleasure to be here. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. So, if you wouldn't mind, would you please tell us, you know, a broad overview of what the TDP does? Yeah. So, the Texas Democratic Party is the lead organization in our state um, working to mobilize the base, uh, recruit and train and elect Democrats. So the state party is essentially building an infrastructure uh, that's necessary to, necessary to win elections. So that includes um, everything from an aggressive communications strategy um, with smart messaging online with the press to um, candidate recruitment and services, uh, training efforts, and just building strong local county parties. Awesome. And so what motivated you to work for the Democratic Party here in Texas? So I previously worked for the Democratic Party in the 2014 election cycle. And then... Um, oh, who did you work for? For, for the Texas Democratic Party. Okay. Um, and I was on their digital team. And um, after the 2014 cycle, I uh, worked for Y Strategy, which is a Texas-based consulting firm. And I also continued within the digital realm doing um, digital strategy and working with local candidates here in Travis County. And then I was asked to come back to the TDP as communications director, and that's where I am now. And I really like working at the Texas Democratic Party because I get to have my hands in everything from um, dealing with everything from like local candidates all the way up to congressional candidates and, and things like that. So it's definitely, you wear a lot of hats and no day's the same. That's awesome. Sounds like a very interesting job. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to pivot over to some of the main platforms of the Democratic Party and discuss some of the biggest concerns that South Asians have in this upcoming election cycle. So they include education, healthcare, and the economy. So how do you feel the TDP is going to address that for the upcoming legislative session here in Texas? So to, for the Texas Democratic Party to address these issues, we have to focus on the base and how we mobilize, communicate, and turn them out. 
And so basically the state party, like I said, is built up of all these different county parties. And our job is to make sure that they have the tools and programs that kind of incorporate our best practices and our message and turn them out to vote. Um, so what we do is technically we recruit these candidates every cycle up and down the ballot and offer our campaigns um, unparalleled, unparalleled levels of training and support. And we're the communications hub that sets and spreads this message for our base. And um, basically we have this critical role to play and it's all infrastructure driven. And we know that this can't be accomplished in just one session or one election cycle. It is a very long-term sustainable plan of action. And um, what we're trying to do is create a long-term infrastructure and not just kind of a um, short-term high-reward gain. And we, we do have the possibility of Texas being a really important swing state in this country's future, and we have to capitalize on that now. So the main objective of TDP for education, healthcare, and economy is to attain long-term goals. Right, and, and I think... I think, like, last session, you got to see um, the TDP step up in terms of different different legislation and defending it, like the Hazelwood Act that, you know, gives, extends military benefits in terms of education to our veterans. And um, certain Republicans in the legislature were trying to cut costs that way, and we felt like that was a disservice to our veterans um, right. that kind of, you know, fought abroad and served our country. And we just think that, you know, they should have the, the highest levels of respect and, uh, you know, education and, and things they deserve. Okay. So do you have any idea of what the long-term goals are for the TDP? I know that it's far in the future, but... What yeah. are the long-term goals with regards to education, healthcare, and the economy? So in terms of economy, we definitely want to build a strong economy that works for everyone, not just people at the top. So we have Texas, De Texas Democrats believe in higher income through economic policies that ensure kind of the security and prosperity of hardworking Texas by raising the state's minimum wage to a living livable wage. Uh, securing equal pay for equal work, and we do want to fight for paid family leave. And okay. in regards to kind of our education system, um, we do believe that every child deserves the best public education, regardless of where they come from. So Texas schools should be fully funded, period. Um, and I think it's time to fix a Texas broken school finance system so children receive a quality education. And... I mean, we think everyone should have access to affordable quality health care. It's unacceptable that our state remains the nation's capital of uninsured um, members. And I think the Affordable Care Act works, and that's without a doubt. More than a million Texans have already benefited, and more needs to be done. And I think that um, the other side continues to hurt uh, millions of Texans by refusing to fill that Medicaid coverage gap. And um, along the way, they've said no to thousands of great jobs and drawing down billions from the federal government in taxpayer dollars to fuel our state economy that way. Okay, interesting to know. So why do you think South Asians' values are more in line with the Democratic Party? You know, previously we used to align more with the Republican Party. Um, how do you feel that's evolved and why we're aligning more with the Democratic Party these days? 
Well, if you think, if you look at our current political climate, um, you see figures like Donald Trump um, wanting, you know, Muslims to have uh, an ID card and saying things like, you know, we should just carpet bomb along with Ted Cruz, uh, the, the Middle East. And a lot of these people don't realize that, you know, you have Muslims are make up, you know, 1.3 billion people and you just can't generalize you know that kind of whole demographic and when you say things like that I think it's really indicative of what their kind of presidency would look like and even in Texas you have you know our agriculture commissioner Sid Miller saying things like he wants to nuke the Muslim world that he posts on Facebook and you know, you have Molly White that refuses to meet with Muslims in the Capitol, and it's like it's 2016. I don't, I don't really understand why we have these kinds of um, inflammatory sentiments being said about uh, the South Asian community. And I think there's a certain level of ignorance that we've somehow um, just not willing to endure anymore. And I think you'll see more of that demographic shift from a. Uh, a right to left um, ideal, so. So you feel that the Democratic Party is, is pulling these people yeah. in that feel disenfranchised by what they thought was, you know, the party of Abraham Lincoln now just falling and kind of currently imploding due to um, people like Donald Trump and even people in Texas, especially that. Um, are just more characters and it's political theater rather than people that are looking out for their own best interests. It's interesting. It seems like the Democratic Party is, you know, wanting to be more inclusive and accepting of everyone regardless of race, religion, or sexual orientation. Absolutely. So there's something I wanted to ask you. You know, there are certain concerns that South Asians have that, you know, we've covered previously in this podcast was about education, healthcare, and the economy. What do you think are some of the concerns that South Asians don't have regarding Texas politics, but that we should pay more attention to as a community? That's a really good question. Um, it's, it's really interesting that, you know, you, you hear about all these things about how Texas has probably the lowest voter turnout. I think we're second second to last in voter turnout in the whole country. And you've wrote about this before. That's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really terrible. And it's a lot of it is informing um, our community and our, our voters that their voice does matter and that, you know, elections have consequences. And when you, we get you know, the people that we elect, if there's a phrase at the legislature, I'm sure you've heard it, that if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And I think that's completely true because we do need to pay attention, not just to what happens in a presidential year like we have right now, but in midterms and in our local communities, because more than, you know, a, a, a president deals with these issues, especially on a world stage, but, you know, what is who's running for your county commissioner? Who's your local DA? Who are the people in your community that you see most often? And the issues and businesses there that I feel like we need to start paying attention to more and we need to start showing up to the polls more and defending um, kind of our values. Right. So you think we need to become much more involved in the local politics? Absolutely. I think it's... it. 
I think this sort of movement does not come from the top down. It comes from the bottom. I couldn't agree with you more. I really like the fact that you emphasize how much local politics matter. I feel that I emphasize that in almost every single uh, episode of mine. And it's always important for us to become more involved and start from the grassroots and work our way up because that's the best way for our community leaders to get to know us, for everyone around us to understand what our values are. And I think that a little bit goes a long way. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So what is the platform for the Democratic Party in Texas's upcoming legislative session? We start in 2015 of January. Uh, what do you think the Democratic Party hopes to accomplish? Um, we're definitely going to be focused on um, fully funding our neighborhood schools, um, keeping the top 10% rule. Uh, I, I, it's, it's a newly brewing kind of controversy right now and basically right now the the top 10% rule dictates you know the top tier of your local high school graduating class is automatically entitled to admission at a state school and um, you know the 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 thing is is this program uh, really helps students that are growing up in communities that may not have um, they have poorly resourced schools, they're lower income students, and they are feeling disadvantaged to more affluent students getting into better educated schools because their family have you know, a history of going to college, their schools are better resourced, and I think that you know, right now the Supreme Court's weighing the constitutionality of that state school funding method, and um, I believe that this rule what like people say this rule doesn't really help diversity uh-huh. um but what one wonders is that you know you look at UT Austin's diversity and what would it look like if this didn't have this rule and um i think that you know right now non-latino whites are 43.5% of the population and um in in the fall of 2000 like 67% of UT's students were white uh, and that figure fell to 45% in 2015. And in that same period, the African-American student population grew from 3% uh, to over 5%. Latinos from 11% to over 20%. Asian-Americans from 12 to over 18 So together, uh, you know, long-term over the past 15 years, we've seen that how this top 10% rule really brings out uh, a diverse student body at our universities. And I think that, you know, that extra effort helps. And ultimately, the best solution is quality education and college preparedness um, for all Texas public school students. And it will take time. But um, I, I think that, you know, people from poorly resourced schools that are in the top 10% do play by the rules. And I don't think that they should... Um, you know, get rid of the law. Get rid of this law. Uh, I also think that we'll be focused on the Texas Dream Act, which you talked about um, last week, and that's you know it's DACA DAPA. Uh, it, we've seen a lot of dreamers that come here that were born here uh, and you know have grown up their whole lives here, um, and. Their parents uh, may have brought them here illegally, but, you know, they, they have grown up. This is all they know, and we don't think that they should be deported um, because of, you know, uh, their situation. 
And um, yeah, that's that's what's kind of on our plate for for this upcoming session. Wow, it seems like you guys have a lot on your plate. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a busy session. So while working for the TDP, you must work with so many different minority groups. Do you think they have the same values as South Asians? Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, we understand that when we see a black man on the street, we don't treat him like a criminal. It's dehumanizing, it's unfair, it's racist. In America and in Texas of all places, people should be treated as individuals and not as stereotypes from a racial or ethnic or religious group. And that's what South Asians know really well. When your Bangladeshi cab driver that takes you to the airport has nothing to do with ISIS, even though he's a Muslim, we all need to realize that and that it's it's important not to make these quick associations, especially in the wake of, you know, different attacks. And if anything, you know, why these minority groups and South Asians um, have so many similarities is that we do realize that people should be judged as individuals with individual liberties and rights. And um, we have to live up to our own ideals that way. Right. And so given what you've just said, do you think it would be helpful, helpful for us to combine our forces in order to get our voices heard? Yeah, um, there are a lot of these. I, I, I definitely think that, you know, if everyone's on the same page about it, it makes our job really easy. Um, there's, there's, there's different programs I know specific to us that we've implemented that um, have kind of helped this process along. I know we started a program called Texas Voices that's kind of a statewide messaging initiative designed to expand uh, our message to the base. And what we do is we host a call like once a month with different members of and voices of all the communities, including minority groups, to build this echo chamber um, that across all media markets. And so all these different groups, if they want to go out and write, you know, opinion pieces, letters to the editor, pitching a story to a local, local news outlet, anything that'll get the message across, you definitely will help break through that noise. And I think that it's, it's incredibly valuable to combine our voices that way. Awesome. So was there any particular legislation the TDP was worried about last session? And are there any upcoming legislations that you've been hearing about that have been rumored because no bills have been filed uh, that could neg negatively impact the South Asian community in this upcoming legislative session? Um, as far as I could speak to, that is legislation that we were worried about last session was, you know, the budget, which was pretty controversial um, for our constituents. Uh, as far as this upcoming session, I know we talked about schools, school finance, and I think, uh, you know, the DREAM Act in regards to Im immigration. And I think education and immigration are the two key issues along with the economy that, you know, this South Asians should really pay attention to. Um, and yeah, I think those, those three points are kind of the, uh, what we are most worried about, but we're also working the hardest. And, you know, something that we definitely do believe is no matter how distaste, distasteful um, we find politics sometimes that if you don't, if you don't play it, somebody, somebody else will, and you'll lose if you sit it out. So 
you've got to suit up and and play the game. And I think that's what you know the the TDP is really looking forward to this upcoming session. Interesting. I think that the TDP's platform of focusing on the economy and education is really important to the South Asian community, and that's something I'm pretty sure our community is going to be looking out for. So thank you so much for joining us, Tharik. Do you have any last-minute words? No, thanks for inviting me. This was great. Thank you so much. And that's my segment for today. I'd like to thank my guest, Tarek Dofik, for giving us a very insightful interview about how the Texas Democratic Party works and what their platform is for the upcoming election cycle and the Texas legislative session. Some of the main takeaways I took from the interview is that they're really going to, the Texas Democratic Party is really going to take into account in bettering education, health care, and the economy for the state of Texas. And that's something, if you remember from my political survey that I did a couple months ago, that's something that South Asians feel are our top concerns. So it'll be nice to see that that'll be addressed. Let's hope that it is uh, fixed in this upcoming legislative session. I also really liked that he spoke about how the Democratic Party wants to be inclusive of all minorities. I think that's something as South Asians and for the Muslim community, it's something that we're really looking for in America after all the bigotry we've been hearing as of late. And last but not least, I also think and I'm very grateful for the fact that he reiterated the point how it is helpful for us to combine our forces with other minority groups so that we can get our voices heard and we can be more understanding of other minorities because a lot of times they face the same difficulties and racisms that we do and it, and it might be a better way for us to um, fix the problem that way if we were to all work together and achieve a common goal. So I hope you all enjoyed today's segment and I want to reiterate that you all should go out and vote this Saturday for your local elections, especially if you're in those cities in the suburbs of Dallas, if you're in the city of Houston, if you're in Fort Bend County, if you're in the city of Austin, you have some really big local elections coming up that are going to make the biggest impact for you, even a bigger impact than the November elections. So I really hope you all go out there and vote. Again, check out my website, www.wiseuptx.com, and you can get more information in the voter info section and also in my blog about um, a breakdown of who the candidates are for each political office. So thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to check out my Facebook page, Twitter, and website. And remember, everyone, Let's become educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot.